This is Big Dreams, Bold Moves, the podcast inspiring families like yours to discover endless possibilities for living abroad, because life is too short to settle. I'm Malia, and I will be your host as we travel around the world speaking with experienced expats and experts. We're going to learn how to get visas, make money, and find jobs abroad. We'll get a behind-the-scenes look at what everyday life with kids is really like in different countries and get you the answers you need to go from daydreaming to international move-making. Now, let's get on our way. Hola, chicos. Today, vamos a Argentina. Okay, I promise I won't be speaking any further Espanglés in this episode, But before we get going, I just want to make a couple quick announcements. First, last night I realized that I um, had a major mom brain moment. And when I put together the show notes for episode two with Chris Piak getting hired in Germany without speaking German, I included the wrong link to his 80% off offer that he made to you all for his course, Meet Your Future Boss. So I have corrected that link in the show notes for that episode, and I will include it in the show notes for this episode. So click on that if you're interested in getting 80% off his course, Meet Your Future Boss. Okay, second announcement. This morning I had an epiphany. I've already said that I am dying to know what you want to know. If you sign up for updates with me, I will email you like, no more than once a week, probably more like twice a month, and give you an idea of who I'm planning to interview for upcoming episodes. I'll tell you where they're from and what they do, and you can send back to me your questions for them, and I will try to include as many of those as possible in the interview. So if you go to bigdreamsboldmoves.com slash updates, you can submit your email address and be included in those updates, or I'll go ahead and add a link to that as well in the show notes for today. So now into today's episode, we are going to be speaking with Evan and Lindsay from the 12 Foot Leap, and they are going to be speaking with us about all things life in Argentina. Argentina is another one of these countries where you can live very well for less. So this episode is definitely for the families that are aspiring to live a more digital nomad life, uh, remote workers, freelancers, or families going on a sabbatical of sorts and looking for a place to be a home base, or as our guests today call it, a pivot point. So without further ado, please meet Evan and Lindsay. Thank you so much, Evan and Lindsay, for talking with me today and Welcome to Big Dreams, Bold Moves. We're happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So I follow you on Instagram under the 12 Foot Leap. Would you mind starting off today by telling us what exactly is the 12 Foot Leap? Okay. So this 12 Foot Leap is, I guess, a play on words that I I shouldn't be surprised that no one has figured it out. Um, There's six of us. So there's 12 feet in our family and all of us made the leap. <laughs> ah, very so, punny. Yeah, it's yes. pretty, it's pretty bad. It's kind of like This guy is really punny and I just went with it. And what were you leaping from? What was life like before you leapt? We um come from we are natives of the Seattle area and so um that's where we've been since college. We came back home after college. We've been there for since our our second was born, right after she was born. She's eight now. So the last eight years we've been living in 
one of we've kind of hopped around the yeah, periphery kind of, of, around. of the city of Seattle. Um, so lots of suburbs mostly. Um, in that time, we had the fortune to secure two different homes that we are now renting. And so I think we achieved, fulfilled that American dream of, you know, getting your education. Our children were born in that span of time. We have four kids, um, ages 10 down to almost two. And let's see. So, so we're just kind so, of living yeah, that so I, American dream life, suburban lifestyle. Lindsay was almost exclusively a stay-at-home mom. She worked a little bit um, translating in Spanish and doing some some language work and and working in some of the schools in the communities that we lived in. And and I was just working, you know, building my career as a graphic designer. So, um, and I was working for like. I worked for a big agency and then I worked in-house as a design director and um, we we lived kind of that like commuting life. So I was driving I to like, work. I think like 95% of Americans live that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. the scourge of the automobile. And, <laughs> and it was, I mean, even though, I mean, I really, when we left the United States, my commute was... 20 minutes each way, 30 minutes on a bad day, 40 minutes on a really bad day. And, but, and so like, relatively speaking, that's really not too bad. It's two towns away from where we live really wasn't bad, but it still was at least an hour every day of my life that was just swallowed up. Well, and not only that, but that meant that you were a 30 minute drive away from us. And so it wasn't possible to see you throughout the day ever. Yeah. I would, I would leave in the morning and be gone. And then I would come home and I would be home, but it was, there it was, was like no, an hour before yeah. bedtime, an hour with the kids, day in and day out. Meanwhile, the other story, the other vehicle <laughs> comprising our family, the A minivan, home. you know, the minivan lifestyle for mom here and everything that that entails, you know, it was um, a blessing that we had a great job. We lived in communities that we could contribute to and we enjoyed them. We loved our our church community and our school community, our neighborhoods, and we had vehicles, you know, that's, those are all really positive things. But the reality of, um, I think being a stay at home mom, you almost entirely live out of your car and you're waking up your kids and interrupting them from naps to go pick up other siblings. And just, um, in my case, dealing with some back pain from sitting in a car all the time and the dynamics of of kids being in the back of the car. I, I love the fact that um, a couple of years into kind of like adjusting to becoming a minivan mom, <laughs> Evan was thoughtful and he, for Mother's Day, he gave me a, a like a radio headset that you would see a yoga teacher use. And I like would a drive- speaker with a head, like a Britney Spears style microphone. <laughs> with the speaker on the back of the headrest so that so, she could talk to the kids she could yell at the kids without yelling yeah like I <laughs> like a full-time bus driver exactly. yeah tour bus you know we only had two kids at the time three I think but I have a small voice and they're all all the way in the back I'm facing the other direction so I love that I could put the mic on, pick them up from school and be like, how was your day? And it would just like fill the sound would fill the car. But things like we could only come up with so many solutions to kind of like 
make it uh, work and make it enjoyable. And there was just no wiggle room in that lifestyle. Right. Um, the demands of healthcare costs, our our mortgages, um, dealing with everything in between, all of. The- and then there was weekends where it was like hop in the car and drive an hour and twenty minutes to my parents' house or 45 minutes to Lindsay's parents' house or to a cousin's house or, you know, and there's always a birthday party and there's all, and so we were just, we kind of lived in our cars. So how did Argentina come about? So when I, we got married when we were in college and we had our first two kids before I graduated and Lindsay had graduated about a year and a half before me. And then I was looking for work kind of all over the country. That and was our first conversation. That yeah. was like, this is the time of let's go spend a summer in Europe. Or, you know, we've graduated. We just have a little baby. Why sit at home in the living room and change diapers? We could, you know, like be a, a jet setter changing diapers and or ride the trains throughout Europe. And so that was kind of our, our first conversation of, is this the time and is this a priority for our family? What kind of family structure do we want to have and what are our goals and our priorities? And and Lindsay actually lobbied pretty hard. I had been given a job offer at a really, a really great design studio, one that I really wanted to work at in the city that we wanted to live in. And I had a couple other opportunities. So it was like, I've got an opportunity to get a job and, it was more money than I was expecting to get right out of school. And I, I kind of couldn't even process in my brain this idea. And Lindsay really pushed hard. Let's live in another country. Let's go. And it wasn't like long-term. It was two months, three months, That's something like that. Thinking, yeah. yeah, we'd been talking about let's, and, and I was like, I just graduated. I got to feed all these people that we're making. And so <laughs> let's take the job and let's go on a trip some, someday, you know, and I think that I was, I was definitely too anxious. I was definitely, I think my thinking was a little bit flawed. Yeah. But um, one of the reasons that this has worked the way that it has is because, so our move to Argentina was more than just a move to Argentina. I worked for eight years as a design professional in rank and file jobs. I had, I worked two different jobs over that that eight year span and about eight to nine, 10 months before we moved. So it would be 2017, early 2017, Lindsay started talking again and she had talked about it when I changed jobs too. She's like, just take two months between these jobs. I was like, nah, this is a great job. I got to take this job. They want me to start, you know? And so I was still in, like, I couldn't fit it in my brain. Too many good opportunities. (laughs) (laughs) So then she started talking about it and it started to make sense. And I had always wanted to work eventually as a freelancer. So to work full time as a freelancer. But one thing that I, one of my opinions about that career shift is that in order to do that, I kind of have to build a base of experience right. and working for eight years in my profession gave me that. And so as soon, when Lindsay started talking about it in 2017, I was like, I was able to fit that in and say, you know, I think at this point, my next job move is going to be to freelance. So 
yeah, where do we want to live? Let's live, we, let's go anywhere. Where do we want to go? And so I think, and I think for a lot of people, the, the question of employment is a really big one. And we are really lucky. And there's a lot, there's a, there's like a handful of careers that can be Location. mobile, that you can live anywhere in the world. And graphic design happens to be one of those. And so we were kind of like, we had that built in. And so- And you had worked and also been able to buy those two houses that you said. So you had a foundation. We had a foundation and we had already learned how to rent out a house and be landlords. And and so we knew we could do that again and that we could- Maybe it would work remotely. We really weren't sure about that part. That was one of our leaps kind of into the dark was how is this renting out our properties going to turn out? And also how is freelance going to work? You know, there's, I know people that struggle a lot with freelance and it isn't necessarily easy. Sometimes it goes well. Sometimes it's a big struggle and it's a big, like you're kind of standing in the dark wondering who's going to turn the light on and give you a new project. But so there was a, there was, it was a leap in a lot of ways. Right. And as we got closer to looking at moving abroad we actually took a trip and visited some friends of ours living in the south of france that's when it, in 2015 that's probably when evan would say it really clicked yeah we could, we could do this we could go move abroad from that point on after that um we kind of just played with a bunch of uh, different ideas as and, we- and also just on that trip we so and i think this is really important because if people are listening to this and thinking oh, how are we going to get the guts it takes to make a move like this? The first thing I'd recommend is take a trip to visit someone you know who is doing this. Because on that trip, we did a two-week trip to Europe without the kids, which was awesome. And we visited friends in Amsterdam that were living in Amsterdam that were from the community that we were in. And they were living in Amsterdam. They'd lived there for two or three years. And and then we then we went to southern France and we stayed with our friends in uh, Montpellier, France, who had lived there for a year or so. And those two, like seeing those two things, that was just a huge point. seed um, conking us in the head. Yeah. <laughs> I think I mixed my metaphors. But and Maybe the alternative to that, I don't know if it's as like effective, but just, you know, watching, following, traveling families on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Um, How did you start narrowing in on Argentina. Sure. We also had the fortune the year before I moved, two years before I moved to randomly like um, move into a community. Our second home that we bought was in this community that happened to have one of Seattle's only like one of four um, Spanish immersion programs. And so that really became focused at that point too. There was a lot of places that we considered. We knew we wanted Spanish language. So it was either going to be Spain or Latin America. Latin America. Right. And everywhere we looked, we didn't know, we didn't quite feel necessarily, like not all the places in Latin America feel as secure as other places. And I think also this was going to be a very foreign thing to us. Lindsay had been to Spain. None of, neither of us had been to South America at all. I think the criteria that we were looking for was a place that um, had maybe a higher standard of living. And I don't know if it's because of safety. Well, so, okay, let me take a step back here. So if we go back to 2000, 
2017, when I start thinking, I could freelance, you know, how am I going to work? But I could freelance. Lindsay had found a family that lived in Cordoba, Argentina. They had a blog and she read the blog and they, the picture of their life seemed really idyllic. They walked to school, they had a house in uh, this city that was fairly modern. They walked, you know, they could walk everywhere. They had a pool, they didn't need a car. So all these things kind of spoke to us. Plus Lindsay's lower brother, lower cost of living. Lindsay's brother lived in Cordoba, Argentina. And so that like we had a we had this frame of reference and then Mm -hmm. when Lindsay had reached out to the person that had this blog and said can we please talk to you and learn about your experience healthy family abroad that's who it was okay I'll make a note of that (laughs) she directed us to the Facebook page and that was it like that did us in we we joined this group and suddenly like we, fa- we actually found a job listing for a graphic design position. Yeah, Lindsay yeah. sent me a link and said, hey, this Cordoba, Argentina is looking for a graphic designer. And I went, oh, there's other graphic designers there. And I don't know why that hadn't really occurred to me. But I ended up doing a Skype call with this company. And then this was kind of the miraculous thing. For one, like everything that they needed was exactly the experience that I had the current company that I the company that I was working for at the time was dealing with very similar challenges it was like oh my gosh this is a perfect fit CEO was like oh in April which was like a month away I'm coming to Seattle to receive an award from Microsoft no I like, way well, I live in Seattle so let's <laughs> let's meet in, in person so so he came that's like if you could write out the ideal scenario oh our story there's so many and there's more it's insane it's so insane that makes the path so clear though yeah well and so i have to say so i i had a skype interview and then i had an in-person interview where i met their ceo and and everything was great but the guy when i met in person he was like i can't i don't think we're gonna be able to afford you i don't think we're gonna be able to pay you like you have these US this dollars. family well definitely not us dollars but we could pay you if you were going to have roommates and stuff but you have a family i don't think we can afford to to give you what you need to live here at that time i my my frame of mind had like my perspective had changed and i could picture it and he was like i can put you in touch with other people and you could do freelance and you could do freelance for us and so so he really like opened up that really important part of is this possible and gave you some Um, professional confidence exactly he kind of he kind of gave me a glimpse into the market you look at me today i don't work for any clients in in argentina i have no argentine clients everything is clients from the states so all that that did was reframed my thinking which which had which i needed that to happen um, and so, and that worked out really perfectly. So all these things, the Facebook group, seeing this family, having Lindsay's brother that had lived here, it just was like, this is going to work. We can this make this work. work. It was kind of like the path of least resistance at that point. I think we yeah. would have been just as happy um, moving towards Costa Rica or Chile or Spain. We we definitely, um, while we love the idea of living in Spain and being in Europe, we decided on South America because we hadn't been there. And so 
by choosing Cordoba or maybe another place in South America, we, we would kind of like um, lock in on a pivot point, we call it, where we live in this home base and get to travel the radius around that place. That's kind of how we've defined our own version of slow travel, I guess you could say, is how we do it. But we, we decided on, on South America. And so, yeah, after joining the Facebook group, finding that job listing, a few months later, Camilla was born. We even debated. We were like, should we just yeah. buy our tickets right now? And then she'll be born um, an Argentine U.S. citizen. Yeah, we were going <laughs> to get if we moved down before dual citizenship. Um, we had like heard good stories about healthcare here, and we were fairly confident that it could work out. But we wanted to, we had a few things lined up that we needed to finish up before we were ready to go. Um, we timed our move to work with like Christmas break for the kids and then getting here be- before the school year, but not before in- the Argentine school yeah, year. Yeah, because the summers are flipped. So school is out from middle of December to March. So we wanted to get here a couple months before the school started, the school year started. So we moved here in January. How does the visas work? Does Argentina offer like freelancer visas or how did visas come into fact figuring out where you're going to live? Well, we, so this is another thing. That I, was, think, I guess you would say that that was a secondary consideration for us. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> That, that kind of came in. It just happened to work out after the fact and we're totally playing it by ear. A lot of what we do as an expat family is like shooting from the hip and most of the time it works out as we do. I don't know if we're lucky or well before we came we kind of knew what the de- what the program was so and this is part of what like the expat Facebook group is so people looking to move abroad find the expat community on Facebook or wherever it may be and tap into that early because you can ask questions you can read which we did mm-hmm. prior posts and we learned that in Argentina for, and it's obviously different in every country, um, in Argentina, you can have a tourist visa and every 90 days, you just have to exit the country and re-enter the country. Unless you're just going to be there indefinitely and never leave Argentina, which a lot of people we know do that. There are a lot of people immigrating here from Venezuela, from Bolivia. Well, and the Peru, rules are different for South for, Americans. For, for Mexico, yeah. so if, um, somewhat, but yeah. And so, so a lot of people just overstay their visa and have no problems whatsoever. And then they pay a late fee, um, maybe after a year or two when they want to travel somewhere so that yeah. they can, so they can leave the country. You kind of pay back. a fine to leave the country if you overstay. And if you want to come back, they totally let you come back. They're not like, well, you overstayed last time. <laughs> In our case, because we want to travel and that was a big of like like one of the major foundational reasons for doing this at all was to be able to tour around and at our own pace kind of see South America, including Argentina, but elsewhere as, as well. And so in our case, it's it's been a little, we've actually had like kind of been forced to travel more than we planned on. Every three months we leave the country. <laughs> and last year we ended up spending more than we should have on traveling. And so it takes a while to kind of figure out the cost of living, your budget with your new career change in Evan's case and sorting all that out has taken some time. And then being hit this year with the U S taxes, 
of not receiving taxes for the first time ever, instead paying a large sum no because refund. Evan's a business owner, no refund. So we're at a point right now where we're, we're looking at how to not have to leave the country every three months if possible. Um, what is the is, cost of living like there? No, what would you say an average apartment costs, like a comfortable apartment okay. with three bedrooms? Well, first let me say that because of the, the inflation of the peso, the Argentine peso, I read an, an article recently, maybe I can see if I can find it and you can put the link if you want, um, that included Argentina among the top five or 10 countries in the world to get more bang for your dollar. So Argentina, um, if you're using dollars, you can live really well. Um, where we live, we're right in the heart of the city. We're actually in the university sector. One of the original universities of Latin America was built here in Cordoba in the six, 15 or 1600s. I can't remember. Probably I'm, both. I actually, this is a tangent, but I'm a student there now. <laughs> After we moved here, I found a program and I've been studying a master's degree here. But that's another story. For like another... 70 bucks a month. It's like crazy cheap. Yeah. And for your bucks, speaking of that. So. <laughs> Why not? And they all apologize to me. They're like, I'm so sorry that you have to spend so much. Could you get a student visa? Well, that's, that's... Well, that's what we're working on now. Yep. So now that I've, yeah. I've become a student, I've actually been in the program a year now. And finally, we're like working on getting the visa figured yeah, the, out. The process is, anyway, it's- But that's it's something for process. listeners to think about if they're interested in Argentina too, is looking at that Definitely. possibility, if it's that cheap to get, kind of go to yeah. part-time and get a master's degree and use yeah, that as an opportunity sure. to get a student's visa. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I think it's a pretty decent, I'm, I've been very happy with my program. I'm in a, the- education research master's program is what they call it with a sociological sociology anthropology focus so a lot of reading and writing and um but not a lot of classes and that's the thing is like in the united states i had for a long time wanted to do a master's program at the university of washington i did the gre i prepared and took that and just for the day just in case the day would come that it would become convenient for me <laughs> as a mom to do that. I wasn't sure if and when that would happen, but I prepared just in case. Um, but all of the things that would have made it impossible, if not very challenging in the U.S. To, for me to go to college, to go back and do a master's program, um, were solved here in Argentina. So not only is it inexpensive, but we happen to be living five blocks from where all the classes are. And there's only, it's only four days a month of classes. Other than that, I'm writing papers and reading. So it's, it's the most ideal grad school situation that I could imagine for, for a mom. You know? And what about like childcare and education? How does that work there? Yeah. So this was a big one for us was trying to figure out and we didn't know where we were going to live. We didn't know where we were going to get where we were going to put the kids in school, but we knew, yeah. So we knew that we didn't want to go to an international school. We wanted the kids to have a full immersion experience. They had had a taste of that in their school in the States, but um, we knew it was going to be a big challenge and it was, but when we, when we figured out where we were going to live, which is another kind of like mind blowing, bizarre story. Um, 
So when we f knew, found out where we were going to live, we started looking. We got here. We started looking for schools. We had about two months to, to secure a school. And we found a school that was four or five blocks from our house. It's a music focused school, very um, like creative play. Yeah, very good. Yeah. So the school, we, we did a bunch of research about private versus public. And what do we pay a month for school for three kids? So total that we pay not including school lunch is $330 for the three kids. Yeah. And it's one of the most expensive so with lunch yeah so with lunch it's with, about 400 bucks yeah it's a month another 70 for three kids it's another 70 for home cooked meals every day they get like nutritious with vegetables and everything home cooked meals the most yeah. beautiful urban little space that you've ever seen it's like colorful and bright and you walk the halls and east of king's Lane. outdoor space, indoor space it's so they're going to a private music school and you get to get a master's yep. and you're not spending more than 500 a month on a master's program and private school for three kids. That's incredible. Yeah. It's under 500 bucks for all, yeah. all, all the kids and the wife. Well, and then you add in like we do gymnastics and robotics, extracurricular total for three kids to do those is a hundred dollars per month. And so, yeah, like $550 or so for everybody's education of all kinds <laughs> yeah for a private school that's not bad and university <laughs> yeah like that's just insane yeah and granted um or if we had gone public we would not have had as great uh, a program but there are there actually are some pretty good public schools in the area as well uh, i don't know if i agree with that though not I great mean, like, but there's i mean like the other private schools are also good i think ours is more relaxed but that has its own advantages yeah. for curriculum and would you be um, able to enroll in the public system just on these tourist visas or is that part of it also that it's better to do private yeah. school if you're going to be on the, Argent the argentine law, law of education like doesn't discriminate whether you're an immigrant or not or whatever everyone everyone gets access to school so okay school, whatever so but cost of living yeah we're i guess i'll hop back to that we live in the most expensive part of Cordoba. Cordoba being a province and a capital city. So I guess the capital city obviously is more expensive than the countryside. So um, our cost of living here in Cordoba is slightly less than it might be in Buenos Aires for a point of reference if people are considering Buenos Aires over someplace in the interior of the country. And we pay for a fully furnished three bedroom three bath um, apartment with a guard, private, like secure, like secure entrance, building. secure building. Um, pretty much probably like one of the nicest places in town. Uh, we pay 700 US for rent. And then we pay on top of that, probably like 300 in utilities and taxes on top of that. So it's it, about a thousand bucks a month for our apartment. Compared to Seattle, it's a lot less. And we're actually considering moving. We have another year left here. So, and if we decide to do that, our rent will probably go down by half because again, we're in the most expensive part of the city. So we'll probably, we, we can easily find a home with three or more bedrooms for less than what we're paying right now. 
So, I mean, we know people who spend 200 on rent um, or 50 or 100. It, it all depends on yeah. what you're willing. But, you know, we're a family of six. And so in our case, um, we pay like more than maybe a single expat would you know yeah consider, for sure. considerably more for sure that's really helpful how do you feel like safety is in cordoba how safe is it so there are obviously like any city even places like seattle new york wherever there are dangerous parts of the city but we live in a pretty secure area there's almost no crime um argentina is considered a pretty safe place but there are the the crime that's you here is so? Yeah, the, the crime is mostly petty crime and um, like people getting their phones stolen and but not there's not a lot of violent crime, although I will say that the economy has struggled, has, has fallen a lot since we've been here in the year that we've been here. And so we have seen more and more instances of dangerous crime, like violent crime. But um, for the most part, it's 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 pretty good and and everyone really looks out for you like Lindsay's had experiences I before you tell that one so I had an experience where (laughs) I went to an eight this I'll get through this real quick I went to an ATM took out the money left and I got a Facebook message while I was in the taxi on my way to get to my next errand and someone had found my debit card in the ATM like it came out and they found that and they looked me up on Facebook and sent me a Facebook messenger saying in all in Spanish, uh, did you lose your debit card? And I was like, uh, yeah, I actually, I guess I did. And he waited for me and I went back and he gave me, so, and Lindsay's had experiences. Same same thing happened to me. My passport, I dropped it on a street corner without realizing it fell out of the stroller and like half a pocket a man ran up to me and handed it to me. I mean, people here warn you constantly, like, hold your children's hand. Don't let them go. Don't, uh, don't, don't have your phone out while you're walking. Take precautions, be street smart. And we've done a lot of those things. Um, and I don't know if that's why there are times when I walk around with my phone out and I, in our neighborhood, especially you see that more than in other neighborhoods. So just kind of mirror what you see the people around you doing. So how would you compare it with Seattle? Would you say that it feels safer or less safer than when you're in, let's say downtown Seattle? At night, I feel safer in Cordoba. Night is um, every Argentines are, are night owls. Kids go to bed at midnight and go to school at eight in the morning the next night. The next morning, they eat dinner at 11 p.m. We're like the crazy Americans who eat dinner at 7 p.m., which is late for us. Um, But anyway, nightlife like life begins at like 6 p.m. after siesta or 5 p.m. You know, restaurants open at 8 p.m. That just is an indication of the fact that there's so much movement out at night people exercise at night the we're right next to like the central park we would call it of of cordoba Parque Sarmiento, and it's just packed with people and so i actually feel safer at night in cordoba but in the day i i do think i feel safer in seattle in terms of just watching out for my belongings but i've never worried for my personal safety uh, in terms of injury or anything um, we've been to Peru, 
Uruguay. We've spent time in several countries, Rio, which has a huge reputation for crime. Um, and where else? We've been to Buenos Aires. We've been to the north of Argentina. And we've never had anything We've stolen. been really lucky. We've, we've, yeah, we've. If anything, we just feel we see so much more affection and so much more concern. Um, we had a visitor. We've had, we've been lucky to have a lot of visitors. One of our visitors tripped and fell actually too. <laughs> the sidewalks are like not very good. The here. sidewalks are less safe. But <laughs> yeah. Watch, watch where you're stepping. <laughs> no. Um, one of our guests took a fall and like people from across the street ran over and helped her stand back up and made sure she was okay. And in the States, just, they just like look at you and like check their phone. To right. Not, yeah. And there's just been so many like countless inc- instances of kindness and thoughtfulness and people watching out for each other, especially um, because we, we are traveling slowly. We like to think of, and we're living here we actually see things kind of like roll out um, life happen like in a normal way, I guess you could say. And so in my program, for example, I started with all a group of 25 students. We all knew each other just from that first day. We, we met each other that first day by the next class, they were kissing and hugging and had their arms around each other like they had known each other for years like they had gone to camp with each other when they were 12 you know and that's how argentines are they're just it's like a 10-year high school reunion after a month break from class from a single session so people are so open and loving family-oriented baby friendly we get to the front of every line that we're ever in except the grocery store i won't say that about the grocery store but like (laughs) anytime we're traveling you know in a museum in an airport any place where where there's going to be a long line people let us they we get get out of jail free cards constantly everywhere we go i i'm going to go through this quickly because i i think it's an important part of our found our apartment um because we haven't discussed this so we bought our plane tickets in October to Buenos Aires, and we figured we're going to go to Cordoba, and we would find an Airbnb and stay there for a while while we looked. We bought our tickets, and we figured, we'll just figure it out. Um, but it's it was scary. Like Lindsay said, we didn't have a frame of reference we for where nervous. anything was. We had, from our expat Facebook group, we had a, a list of a few communities, few areas that were good places to live. So... So my parents went to a Christmas party. So it's December. My parents are at a Christmas party. Or, and my dad sees this guy. He's like, oh, how's it going? How are your fa- how's your family? And my dad says, oh, everyone's good. Yeah, my oldest son is married. He's got kids. They actually are moving in a couple months to South America. And his wife like pops in and says, where in South America? Where in South America? And he says, <laughs> oh, Argentina. And she goes, oh, really? Where in Argentina? And he says, Cordoba. Well, he said Cordoba. But um, <laughs> she, so she says, oh, well, you won't believe what I have in store for you. I own a condo. I own an apartment in Cordoba. Are they looking for a place to live? I have three bedrooms. It's fully furnished. And my tenant is moving out in January. When are they going? January. Uh, in January. <laughs> She's like, well, I'm going to be there. I could pick them up from the airport. 
And so, I mean, long, this is kind of long story short, we ended up meeting her, going to their house, meeting her and her husband. And then, yeah, in Seattle and then going. So it's kind of like the G, like the, the, the job interview thing that I had. So we had her come over to our place and she got to meet all the kids and she's abuelo, abuela, excuse me, abuela. (laughs) She's like grandma and she's been here. She was here when we got here, and she, she helped comes, us find someone to pick yeah. us up from the airport. So she comes here twice a year, and so yeah, when we arrived, we had like a truck. Her friend, her friend came. She came with her friend in his little five-seater truck, and we managed to pile all twenty or whatever, how many, however many boxes and bags. Everything fit in the truck. Everything piled in. We, the eight of us, piled were piled in together. <laughs> And and she just like brought us straight home and showed us she she unlocked the door for us and opened it and we walked into our new home. Oh my and gosh! We had we had to buy a crib. She showed us. But other than that, all the beds, the microwave, the TV, she, we hooked up internet and we were good to go. We and were there for like, like an hour and we we went grocery shopping with her and she showed us all the stores and on the block. That's like ideal. Again, if you could like write out what would be the ideal situation, someone would come along and present us with the perfect department and guide us to it and set us up and walk us around and orient us. Yeah, she's just absolutely like it was a total miracle. Well, Um, such a sign that you're on the right path. Like we had been second guessing this idea after we bought the tickets. Is this right? Are we being selfish? Um, is this Did we are, pick the are wrong we walking into a disaster? We, yeah. Are we gonna like arrive there and just have to turn around and come back? Like what what are we doing? And then that happened and we just felt all this assurance like, okay, this is it's gonna be a good thing. So how is healthcare in Argentina? <sighs> Glorious. Or how does that work? <laughs> Do you buy into a private insurance plan or is there a public system that you just pay as you go? How does it work? Healthcare is socialized completely in Argentina. It's completely free. Um, there are also private healthcare uh, health insurances that you can buy. We do the latter because pub- while public healthcare is adequate, um, it's maybe not always excellent, and there's always lines and huge inconveniences. We would spend with with four kids. We would spend like a good amount of every week, probably, in the normal doctor visits and like it would take forever to to figure out elena's foot for example we'd probably still be in lines for doctors right now so we go with the private route of a health and of a health insurance um we currently have this random anomaly happening right now i don't think this happens very often but our health insurance uh changed their system and we didn't transfer kind of got kicked off so we randomly like got kicked off and they haven't been able it's a cert it's a technical error and we're currently not insured as of like two months ago and that we're sorting it out right now actually um and so yesterday when i took elena to the doctor we had first the doctor visit to look at the foot and then we had a re, um an x-ray and out of pocket the x-ray was seven dollars and the doctor visit was 11. Okay. So if we were to just decide to take a risk and not be insured, which is, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with that, just from the, all of us actually have really good health. None of us have any yeah. conditions. 
um, that require any maintenance or special care. But um, even in that situation, like, you know, you just don't know if, if a diagnosis would pop up. And so having health insurance gives me peace of mind. And how much do does the, the private insurance cost? We are with one of the more expensive companies here. Um, it's called Medife, and we pay 230 a month. Okay. For a family of six. And that's, it's not like in the States where it's just spouse independence or like, you know, couple independence and all the, it's like per kid. So if we only had two kids, our insurance would be a lot less. So private insurance, really good insurance is 250. We're waiting um, to get back in so that we can start our free orthodontics. And there's also, after a year, you get free um, plastic surgery. Like you get all these, I mean, uh, one of our daughters has a mild case of a genetic mutation um, and she doesn't require any maintenance with it. But we do, we did look into while we were in the States getting genetic testing done to actually like confirm the diagnosis. Like much more thorough than like a 23andMe. It's like a, yeah. Like, yeah. And it would have been $10,000 out of pocket. So we opted not to, and it wasn't totally necessary. So we decided not to, and it's free here. It's, it's covered. So, I mean, there's all kinds of things you can take advantage. <laughs> you get LASIK, you can get yeah. all the, yeah. And, and the quality lazy. of care is really good. The facilities are, are nice and clean yeah. and the people are well-trained and, Doctors give you their phone numbers. Uh, like if, if you're yeah. having a baby, they'll pass, they'll give you their WhatsApp number and you can communicate them with them. I mean, I had like a sore throat thing where I was like, really, I was having some trouble and we were about to go to Peru and I was like, I got to get this figured out before we go. So I went and the doctor looked at me, gave me some advice, told me what drugs to buy in Peru because they're illegal here. And, and then gave me her phone number and said, at any time, just call me, which you never see that in the States. So. Right. Yeah. Really great yeah. attention. Great care. So um, what advice would you give if you talked to a family that was saying we were think that they're thinking of taking a big leap or making a bold move? Well, I think it goes beyond that. Like Evan has said, he's, a few months ago, he, he's like, not to get on my soapbox, but I think every family should do this at least once, just because you step away from the way you've always done things and the way you've always seen things. And it allows you kind of like stepping away from an impressionist painting, um, like from a Monet, maybe you take a step back and suddenly you see the features and the colors and what they're actually showing you. And um, so yeah, culturally looking at your own value system from a distance is such a, an enriching, uh, process I feel like, and so valuable and you can let go of, of expectations that maybe felt heavy in that place. And then when you step away, they don't feel heavy, heavy anymore. And you can let go of, of things that maybe don't actually matter and reprioritize. Right. So, um, at the beginning of our talk, I mentioned that I follow you on Instagram with the 12 foot leap. If people want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to, to follow along on your adventure? 
Instagram is a great place. Lindsay really does most of the heavy lifting on our Instagram, but it's I think it's a pretty good glimpse into what our daily life is like. And then when we do these little outposts and excursions to renew our visas, we like to share those things. We have a website. Yeah, it's kind of a mixture of like our travels and adventure. In a way, it kind of feels like even though we live here, we're kind of traveling here too. So I guess it's, it features all of our travels. We, we have a little Facebook page that we started and we have a blog, evanandlindsay.com. Evan, you have a podcast. Yes, I do. So that, and that was kind of part of the move too, to stay connected with the create, like the creative community back in the States. I started a podcast. It's called one thing real quick. It's just, if you just search for that on any podcasting app, you'll find it. Um, I can link to it also in the show notes. Cool. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a link there to my portfolio if you're like, oh, I want to hire some schmuck <laughs> living off in Argentina to do my logo. There's a link to my work. So cool. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today. I've loved it. And I I feel like I could live in Argentina for a time for sure. Oh yeah. Okay, that's a wrap. Remember to head over to the show notes and click the get updates link so that we can get you the answers you need to go from daydreaming to international move making. And thank you for hanging out with me today. Until next time, keep dreaming those big dreams and scheming bold moves.